Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So, I'm not entirely sure how to say this, but um, wrestling is polluted by dickheads. Now, I'm not saying that you yourself are a dickhead for being a wrestling fan, or if you are indeed a wrestler that you are a dickhead, but there are a lot of them within the industry. And on a certain level, you almost have to be a bit of a dickhead to be a pro wrestler. I mean, parading yourself around in trunks, pretending to be a badass, giving yourself nicknames that are variations of I'm better at the thing I do than any of you guys here, and aren't I incredibly sexy, everybody wants a piece of me, It's truly narcissistic behaviour. But here's the question, how much of a dickhead do you have to be to piss off an entire locker room? Well, let's find out today. As I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 wrestlers who were hated by the locker room. Number 10, Shane McMahon. Now imagine you're at the office. You beaver away at your intensive duties, frantically inputting keystrokes under immense pressure. You're overworked, your boss is wildly erratic and temperamental, and you've dreamed of this your whole life, but the word reality strikes rather too sobering a chord. But as bad as it gets, there's one day worth the commute. It's your biggest day, one in which your efforts are finally rewarded with resounding feedback to an elusive, meaningful task. Imagine now that you don't actually get to go to work this day because a man who barely bothers to turn up most of the year, but is on considerably more money than you, takes your seat, and takes a break after two minutes because the process of going to work is clearly beyond him. Also, he's allowed to do this because he's the manager's kid. Now this would rightly piss you off, so naturally the W. WWE Locker Room was reportedly unanimous in their fury of Shane McMahon at this year's infamous Royal Rumble pay-per-view. The man surveyed Riddle and said, if I was in UFC, this jabron wouldn't even be in my weight class before deciding a fist fight with Brock Lesnar was more his speed. He couldn't even jump up to get eliminated, which is literally sack of sh- levels of uselessness. Number 9. Nia Jax In her appearance on The Sessions with Renee Paquette, Nia Jax expressed her sadness that people thought of her as an unsafe worker. Perhaps if she didn't treat Kyrie Zane's head as a door that she slammed shut in a huff, those people might have been a bit nicer. She drew venomous heat for that, and per Brian Alvarez, one source even called for her head. The stark truth is that Jax frequently endangered her opponents because, even after a few years on the rep loop, she never did grasp the most basic tenant of the craft. Protecting one's opponent is the priority. A far better shoot fighter than a pro wrestler, Jax, in her tenure, concussed Becky Lynch and broke her nose, injured Bailey's shoulder, and also 
also knocked Mandy Rose, Zelina Vega, and Ember Moon utterly loopy. The latter's husband spoke up on behalf of the locker room, tweeting, Hope this unsafe moron doesn't hurt my wife again. Number 8. Charlotte Flair Charlotte Flair has, if various damning reports are to be believed, changed quite a lot over the years. The fame and the status of the job has lulled her into the very same trap as many a heat magnet before her. She is now considered a mark for herself, aloof and high on her own hype. This incredibly abrasive, condescending cadence might not just be loathsome character work. She's no longer close to Becky Lynch. Their infamous championship exchange ceremony last year was conducted so unprofessionally that Lynch initiated a heated argument backstage, one fueled by years of creeping animosity. The creative was horrible, and neither woman sold it particularly, but Flair made Lynch and Sonya Deville look awful by dropping the belt. Deville purportedly squared up to Flair, the heat on whom was so scorching that she had to be escorted from the bloody building. Lynch was reportedly viewed as a hero for standing up to Flair's bullshit which appears to have alienated her peers for quite some time. Further hints were sprinkled across social media during the Royal Rumble that both Bailey and Trish Stratus appeared to collaborate over a piss-taking mocking Flair's elimination from the titular match. If this was in jest, it would appear to be an outlier, as Meltzer reported late last year that Charlotte has created resentment for insisting on doing flashy babyface moves, even adding more to her arsenal in a heel role capacity. Her shrugging at the concept of bumping can't help either. Number 7. The Miz Mostly, one can understand why the locker room despises one particular person. If everybody thinks you're a dickhead, it is very likely that you are, in fact, a dickhead. In a dark subversion of the no, it's the children who are wrong truism, the SmackDown locker room of the 2000s was ridiculed by horrendous overgrown kids high on power and the fake worked strength with which they sold themselves as badasses. WWE's monopoly over WCW didn't just ruin North American wrestling as a TV product, it turned a pack of mid-card acts and B-level headliners into thinking that they were were Jim Londos. They were amongst the biggest stars in wrestling by proxy, and they thought a billionaire's easy victory was their doing. They were your Undertakers, your JBLs, your Chris Benoit's, your hardcore Hollies, and they terrorized the developmental prospects because they were rancid and rather deluded. And the Miz, in all of this, accidentally spilled crumbs on Benoit's bag and had an air of confidence about him, and his punishment for this was that he was forced to get dressed in a toilet for six months. That'll learn him to have natural charisma and a shortcut to the fame that half of them bumped stupid stuff just a sniff. Number 6. Buff Bagwell So let's just face facts here. Take a look at Buff Bagwell. Is this a man who was destined to work as an administrative assistant, go home to his cherished wife and build model ships in his spare time? No, of course not. This was a man put on this earth to be a grating, overbearing asshole who believed his own hype. I mean, just look at him. He had a face that only a mother could love and, God rest her soul, did Judy love him. Too bloody much, if anything. Her constant calls to the office, petitioning his booking, appalled the W. WCW locker room. It was no different in the WWF, where his absolute sh-eating grin and his legendary opinion of his own ability made everybody think that he was just a delusional jackass. The man thought that he was The Rock because he had a nickname that rhymed. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Number five, The Outsiders. In the 1980s, the WWF locker room actively loved working shows that Hulk Hogan headlined. He was a gigantic draw and the money trickled down to their envelopes. It was an altogether different time in the 1990s. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were massive draws, but they could barely be bothered to work house shows. Eric Bischoff has claimed on 83 Weeks that this decision was purely storyline. How would it look were the renegade Outsiders promoted ahead of time? Regardless of where the truth lies, Nash and Hall weren't exactly popular amongst the locker room. Not only did they smirk at their own rep as aloof, work-shy stars, they actively antagonized the wrestlers whose hard-bumping performances set the tone on those halcyon Mondays. Hall was considered the more abrasive of the two. When he wasn't pissing on Chris Benoit's boots just because he had the power to do it, he, for no reason at all other than pitiful jealousy, told Chris Jericho that he shouldn't bother working long matches. Do five minutes and f*** off, nobody is there to see you, was the tone. And while Nash went on to evolve into a beloved meme figure for his piss-funny shoot interviews and self-deprecating social media presence, he was loathed back then. Number four, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels didn't see eye to eye with the WWF locker room of the mid to late 1990s because he had both of them squarely focused on the click and then also who to get fired next. A smug egomaniac with unprecedented influence over Vince McMahon, Michaels, much like a serial killer's embryonic animal killing phase, first directed his shithousery to expendable prelim guys and mid-card acts. If somebody other than him had temerity to think of themselves as being above their station, they were absolutely fucked. At the slightest hint of ego or underperformance, Michaels pissed, moaned, and maintained his spot. No target was too tough or too big of a star. He bollocked Vader mid-match and outright told Bret Hart he'd never do a clean job for him. The locker room despised his attitude. He wasn't just a toxic, showboating prick. He threatened their livelihoods, much less morale. Fueling the resentments towards Michaels all the more is the fact that Michaels was just astonishing at his craft, pinballing across the ring and drawing heat with his phenomenally loathsome presence, few other heel performers were able to generate as much excitement without betraying their role. Number 3. Triple H You won't read widespread reports of the sheer extent to which Triple H was despised, because he was despised for the exact reason that most won't say anything. He had the power to sabotage the career of most performers. He truly was the game. It's still astonishing to write that in the past tense, but for the vast majority of the 21st century, Triple H held a level of power comparable only to Hulk Hogan, without formally operating a dual role as a booker. CM Punk was the voice of the voiceless for fans who were longing for a meritocracy that was never realized. He also was the voice of the boys. On the art of wrestling, he revealed that he resented Triple H for taking a sledgehammer to his momentum and angling for a match three years later, just so that he could have a good one and say, What are you uh, bitching uh, about? Uh, I put you over. Uh. Paul London was another ex-WWE contractor who loathed the system and had no compunction about burying it. And Triple H specifically. London found him laughable, casting him as a defensive
offense of a lackey who tried and failed to be funny. Number two, Terry Taylor. Imagine being seven years old and learning the truth behind the Red Rooster character that appeared on a few of your Coliseum videotapes. Daddy, why does that man crow and have red hair? It's because he's a complete and utter tit, Timmy. Paying a man more than decent money, putting him on cards, and actually contracting the old creative services team to spend time making him look like an absolute idiot, Vince McMahon is successful in spite of his spite. Imagine being Linda and talking to Vince after he's come home after he's come up with the whole Red Rooster concept. What did you do at work today, darling? Well, I killed a man's career by turning him into an anthropomorphic bird, and not even one of the cool ones either. Terry Taylor was a very gifted wrestler, and as legend has it, walked into the WWF thinking that he was the cock of the walk. To be fair though, it's actually a good thing that he did this in the uh, fumes of the golden age and not in the attitude era. Otherwise, he'd have been called something like dickhead and been made to wear skin-coloured tights with veins and the calves and thighs. Ugh, god damn, that's awful. And number one, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho got it half right upon debuting for the WWF in 1999. He knew that he was an incredibly entertaining and creative man who had the potential to star at the very top. Every insider wrestling fan was besotted with the man and he dialed into every crowd he worked, making everyone know that he was a future star. But if you reduce all of that, Jericho was a WWF headliner with WCW undercard work rate. After a few months, he was neither until he realized his potential with a mini-program opposite Triple H in 2000. Jericho's strategy wasn't quite catch-all, though. His save-us spiels pissed off the locker room because he explicitly called them all boring assholes. They didn't get the deluded heel blowhard element of the bit. Jericho bemoaned bad ratings during the height of the company's popularity on cable television and worked themselves into a shoot. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.